0: 8 TV, your city, your source. of District 4, which is really far southeast Denver, but I'm also the chair of the Public Amenities Committee, so I am excited to have you all return. That was really nice of you to return, and I know that this is an incredibly busy evening, so to show up here at 4.30, you all get stars. (laughs) Um, Because we only have an hour, I'm going to just turn it right over to Erin, but again, thank you all for coming. Thank you very much, Councilman Lehman. Uh, I'm Erin Trapp from the Denver Office of Cultural Affairs. If you came to the last meeting, uh, you know that we presented um, some very conceptual information on all the public process we've heard on how the McNichols building should be transformed into a public facility. You also would know that the city has invested roughly $2 million to date in removing the 1950s era building modifications that lowered the ceilings, bricked up some of the windows, um, and generally kind of limited the space and turned it into offices. We have restored the building to the original sort of core and shell. So there is now 28,000 square feet of generally open space that will be used this summer to exhibit art during the Biennial of the Americas. What we're here discussing tonight is the long-term use of that building. Um, and so what we've done is taken all the feedback from the first public meeting that we had, and actually, if you saw on the way in, we, we listed the little um, tablets that have all the comments that people made on that. We also posted the, a written summary of those comments on the website. I hope you saw that with your invitation. So that's the feedback that we use to create what you see here tonight. Uh, as I said at the first meeting, the city really has made the decision to Turn the McNichols Building into a public resource, something that actually is, is a community and civic venue, and really probably one of our most important venues. Uh, the, the hope is that this building will help us in all of our attempts to revitalize Civic Center Park. If you've been paying attention, you know that we've created a, a master plan for Civic Center Park, we've created design guidelines, and the Civic Center Park Conservancy has really given renewed efforts to revitalizing and bringing more everyday activity to that park to complement the wonderful event activity that goes on in the park. But there's so much more that can be done. And consistently, we've heard over the the really decades of of, of public process on this, that the McNichols building could be a wonderful amenity for that park and really help in our quest to bring more people to our most beautiful civic asset. So that's really where all of the work that we're doing emanates. Um, the types of program amenities that we discussed all came with pros and cons from all of you. And so what we've done is try to distill those pros and cons into a recommendation, and then we've asked our partners at Tribe Architects who were given a 90-day contract to help us kind of put color blocks in the building and figure out what fits where and bring back to you what we think we heard and how that relates to the building. So that's what I'm going to be discussing tonight. The format that I'm going to use, um, I hope I don't confuse you too much, but I'm going to take the format from the last meeting. So the five five conceptual boxes of activity that we talked about. I'm gonna report out generally on the feedback and how it relates to the building plans that you see in front of you. Uh, up here next to me, you've got uh, we've got sort of the peeled back facade of the building, and you can see in color blocking where the activity that we're, we're proposing would be. Uh, on this side of me is a rendering of this is very conceptual, by the way. So this is by no means a, a design or a final design, but a conceptual rendering of a restored public entrance on the north side of the building here as well as an elevated public terrace addressing the park on the south side. So what we're proposing really is to bring the building back into circulation with the park and I'm gonna talk a little bit about that more. Um, Over here to my left are renderings of the second floor which in this conception would become the entry floor and really the grand floor of the building. To my right are renderings of the, are the, of the first and the third floors, which would become, the first floor would become sort of like everyday activity, and the third floor would be public and private events along with some office space. And then at the back of the room, we have some overhead renderings to give you some context. One of them is a site plan of the entire area and, and depicts where parking is available uh, near the Civic Center, and the other shows you where the existing property line goes so you can understand how the building actually relates to the park, and it also draws outline. of of one way that these proposed outlines might fit in. So you can see just exactly what we're talking about in terms of the work that we're proposing. So that's the general overview, and we're, gonna, we're promising to get you out of here by 5.30, but we want to save most of the time tonight for your feedback. So I'm going to hopefully pre- present for about 10 or 15 minutes, and then we're going to ask you to walk around, take a look at the drawings, and then talk to one of our four facilitators and give them your feedback on what we think we've heard from you. Did we get it right? Is there something else that we should be hearing about? Are there partners that you think would be great, um, great collaborators for this type of process. All that feedback is feedback that we want, but this really is um, a step in the process. It's by no means final design, but certainly I think we're at a very good point in terms of coming to you with concepts that have a lot of support in terms of their ability to activate the park um, and generate that much needed operating revenue for the building. So first of all, the first category of things we talked about last time was park amenities. When people come to the park, they need somewhere to go to the restroom, to buy some food, to, to get some more information, um, maybe even to log on to a Wi-Fi, uh, uh, wifi setting. And, and we did hear strong interest in that at the last meeting. We People also discussed access to things like transit. Could there be storage for bikes or rentals for bikes and things like that? Um, and if you want the full feedback on park amenities, you can see it on the side here. But I think that there was an overwhelmingly positive response to, yes, we really do you need these park amenities. And so what we were able to present to you you tonight incorporates the majority of the feedback that we did get. Um, We are envisioning the first floor of the building, which is over here, as a really everyday space. Think of it like your family room in your house. So this is where you would go if you, I hope you wouldn't go to the restroom in your family room, but (laughs) it might be adjacent. (laughs) But if you needed to to use the restroom, purchase some food, um, learn something more about what's going on, maybe there'd even be a class, a wellness activity, a children's music program, something like that. So something that you might do on an everyday basis. You might come down to the McNichols building and say, gee, I'm gonna go to the park with with my small children and we know there'll be services if we need them or I have visitors in town and we're just gonna go see what's happening. So we really view this as the kind of activity that gets people to come to the building and the park on an everyday basis. We do envision installing a B-cycle kiosk at this location, which if you've been following in the newspapers, that's going to be the little bike rental stations that are going to be posted around town. So people would have the ability to rent a bicycle at the the location. What we don't recommend at this time, largely because of space limitations, is a large facility, a transit facility essentially, that would include showers, um, storing your own bicycle, that kind of thing. And I would say the number one reason that that's not being recommended is because of the space in the building. It's really very limited. So we think that turning a large portion of the building into essentially a storage room probably isn't the highest and best use. The other issue is that a shower facility or some other bike service facility would be very expensive and difficult to administer, both in terms of cost and in terms of security. So that's one piece of feedback that we are not recommending at this point. But we do think that that the location can be a good transit hub, and that's why we want to make sure that we have a B-cycle station there. So at the end of this, we'll have Gina, I believe, over here, Pauline, sorry. Pauline will be taking your feedback on everything relating to park amenities. And most of that does come in that first floor area. The second category of activity we talked about at the first meeting were events. And this is something that really can provide a much-needed source of revenue for operating the building. The city does not have the budget to actually um, dedicate money from the general fund to this building, and so we really do need to come up with activities that are self-sustaining. Participants at the last meeting generally were enthusiastic about the potential for civic events in the building. They hoped that the, the events would spill out into the adjacent park that could incorporate some of the um, flexible hardscape nearby, and that we might even be, be able to have quasi-public meetings, like neighborhood meetings, and those types of things. There, um, people also generally were positive about the the notion of renting the space for public events, or excuse me, private events like weddings, receptions, quinceañeras, um, and some actually suggested we move the city's marriage license bureau into the building, which I think is a really fun idea. Um, the The plan that we're presenting to you tonight around event space largely re- revolves around the second floor. So what you see to my left is, in yellow, a rendering of the floor plate, which is essentially open, other than the columns. What we're recommending is that the entire second floor and the volumes, which will now be restored to 28 feet, be dedicated to a big open event space. However, you would have the ability to subdivide those rooms. So you could section off the wings with temporary partitions if you wanted to put a gallery exhibition on one side, or have a small meeting on another, depending on how the building needs worked out. The uh, the rendering you see there that's not in color is just one example of the way the the second floor could be partitioned. That one depicts uh, two activities in the wings and then a little performance in the middle with some chairs set up uh, adjacent to a raised stage. So when you go by there, you'll be able to see just one idea for how the second floor might be used. Um, you You could use it all as one big room or you could subdivide it. Another important space for events that we're proposing is on the third floor, and that's to my right. This is the space that you see in yellow. Um, We've devoted what we think is the best space in the third floor to public activities, and that is the south-facing space, the part that faces the park and really addresses our civic core. Um, We've carved out a large area for public and private events there, and that would be the same type of events, although at a different scale. So perhaps you could have a wedding of 75 people up there uh, with wonderful views of the park and, and actually... Um, views that rival those in the old Vita Ellison gallery when you used to be able to have your wedding there a couple people mentioned that that was something that they no longer could have so we've carved out a very significant portion of that floor and then when I get to the uh, the office space I'll talk about why the rest of that floor is blue but that really event that really um, addresses where the event space is suggested I do want to say that um, based on the feedback from the first meeting we're not recommending dedicating any of this event space today uh, we talked a lot at the first meeting about maybe doing children's programming and the feedback we got was maybe maybe not but you shouldn't limit yourself that way try to keep it as flexible and open as possible so that first floor some of those events might go down there they might go on the second or the third floor but really to leave the options open and leave it to the partners who will help us create that that programming and maintain that flexibility so that's the approach that we've taken Uh, The third category was cultural and educational programming, and so we reviewed a whole bunch of uh, existing models for cultural centers, and we also listened to your feedback on the type of cultural and educational programming that would be appropriate in the McNichols. (laughs) People came up with a really interesting mix of things that they'd like to see in that building. The thing that I really learned is there's a real appetite for cultural and educational programming, either that's provided by an institution that you already know and work with and would like to see more prominent, or types of programming that you just don't see here in Denver. One of those categories of cultural programming that people suggested was Denver's heritage and history uh, and the history of the City Beautiful movement, which the Civic Center area really personifies, kind of park personifies something, exemplifies, there you go. Um, So people talked about civic and educational topics, voting forums, and other issue-related gatherings, all of which could be done in this this, this, uh, yellow event space you see depicted here. We also heard about a desire for complementary cultural programming like art making, performance workshops, university extension classes, and some children's programming. So um, we think that one of the probably the best potentials is to really partner with the surrounding museums and institutions to program the space. And and there was also a suggestion that we have visiting artists or artists in residence in the space. we will propose, again, that the everyday activities, for the for the most part, happen on the first floor, and those special events happen on the second floor. We don't have any plans at this time to, to recommend long-term activities like residencies in the building unless they could be sponsored. And I'll talk about that when we get to office space. Essentially, if we dedicate some of the space for long-term uses, there needs to be an operating income stream to support them. Uh, that's the approach that we have to take. So that's the one piece of feedback that we think we probably can't recommend. The first- category of activity was children's programming and as I said uh, there was really a split about whether it was appropriate to dedicate spaces in the building to children's programming. There was a lot of enthusiasm for the types of energy and everyday activity that, that parents of small children could bring to the park and to the building um, but maybe not to put ourselves in so much of a box. The people who really propo- who really supported children's, muse- children's activities wanted to see outdoor activities that complemented what went on in the building. So we heard about putting a merry-go-round or a carousel or an ice rink and I think those are all wonderful ideas that we would work with parks on Um, and I suppose as the project evolved you might be able to dedicate some space in support of one of those things as long as we maintain that flexibility but what we're recommending to date is to keep the space flexible and allow those children's activities to be used in the same way that the cultural education spaces would be used um, in the rest of the building. The fifth category, I'm almost done. Fifth category is office space, and this is the one that that had I would say the most skepticism at our last meeting. What we suggested is that a small portion of the building could be carved out for long-term tenants in a really premier and unique location in town. Uh, We didn't receive a lot of feedback that this was a terrible idea. I think people understand the need for operating income, but we did get some skepticism, like, would people really rent that, and how are you going to do that? And I think those are all very fair questions. So um, what we thought is that we would propose to you to devote a little more than half of the third floor for private offices in a manner that's largely divided from the rest of the public program. So you can see we've, we've uh, suggested that the wings and the north-facing side of the building be sectioned off for more of a long-term rental, saving the best space for the public. This uh, equates to roughly 16% of the building. So that means, I think in our calculations, of the building would be public. 16% of it would be these long-term tenants. And the rest would be services like elevators and um, stairways and and back-of-house functions. So we're really trying to make sure that the the great majority of the building be kept public. And the final category was sort of catch-all and other and really addressed issues about the exterior of the building and the building itself. Uh, I think everyone agrees that the building has crucial historic significance to the city, and everyone seems to agree that park connectivity is an extremely important issue. Uh, We do seem to have a consensus that an outdoor terrace on the south side of the building to encourage outdoor indoor use of the park is suitable. Um, We also understand that modern code requirements. Mean that we're going to have to make some changes to the way that you circulate in the building, and particularly that concerns access to all the floors in case of an emergency. So what we are showing you tonight is a rendering that has a, a small addition on the south side of the building for adding circulation and taking the circulation off of the ends of the building. I, I don't think I can move away from the microphone because of the channel eight. So I'm just gonna, maybe I'll grab this. Currently, you can get in and out of the building on the east and the west side of the building, and that's your major um, emergency egress. There's only one small elevator in the building. Those don't actually meet modern code requirements, nor do they meet ADA requirements. So what we're proposing, It's a two-step process. One is to open up the whole floor plate to public activity, and that means taking out these staircases on either side. We're proposing to move the staircases to the exterior of the building here and have your your main circulation along that extension. This is the portion of the building that is not historic, so we believe that it's more appropriate to do an extension here. That would also allow us to, to add the public terrace on the south side of the building for that indoor circulation. So that'll be what we'll be asking you for your comment on tonight. As I mentioned, the, our, our hope in this process has been to maintain the majority and the best space in the building for public and civic uses. The way I think about this building is that we're creating a parlor for the city, and this is where we bring our most honored guests. So if you had uh, you know, an important world leader come to town, they might be able to have a meeting with a thousand citizens inside on the second floor turn around, go outside on the patio, and address a crowd in the park. And that's the kind of energy we want to have in the building for special events. At the same time, you as residents should feel like it's a place that you want to bring your family or your guests from out of town on any given day or on any given weekend of the year, and know that there was something wonderful happening in the building and hopefully something you hadn't seen before. So, in order to make this vision a reality, the city will have to work with partners to actually implement that programming. And we've done a little bit of thinking about how that would work. Um, I don't want to get too far into that tonight because I don't believe that anything we're proposing sort of cuts off an option or puts us in a box in terms of how that that programming would be done. The one thing we heard loud and clear was you probably don't want the city to do all the programming. Um, There are lots of people in town who can actually do that. There are surrounding museums and institutions. There's the Civic Center Conservancy whose mission it is is to really activate this area. So our thinking really is that this space should be programmed in partnership with, with our partners. The city actually has good models for this. The Denver Center for the Performing Arts is probably the best one where we have several lead tenants in that facility who book the space well in advance and then whatever whatever space is left is offered to other clients. We have the ability to support that. We have the software. We have the staff and the personnel. So that's a very likely model. It's not something we think that the city is necessarily going to administer but it is a model like the DCPA that involves a stream of income and a stream of revenue. So that's, like I said, that's not something that we want to necessarily get into the details of tonight because we think there's a lot of work to be done in terms of identifying those lead tenants. What we want to hear from you tonight is conceptually, did we get it right? Did we hear what you said and turn that around with what we're recommending and how does it relate to the building? That's what we're hoping that you'll tell us. I can say that I've been in this job for almost five years now and it wasn't my first day, but it was very close to my first day on the job when we started talking about the desire to turn this building back back into a cultural center, and we've been through, I think, three major public processes since then with various ideas people have had. Um, the This is as far as we've gotten, the fact that we've now spent a little bit of money, opened it up, and really seen how beautiful and, and really well thought out the space is and what the potential can be. So we're very, very excited about the opportunity to return this building to public use. Um, it's it's probably one of the most studied buildings in the city, and yet there's always more that we can do. So. Nothing that we're proposing tonight certainly is cast in stone, but we think that it is the distillation of a great deal of process and a great deal of thinking about the highest and best use of this building, which is, in fact, what we're all after. Of course, we're living in a budgetary reality that means that it also has to support itself, but I don't think that those two goals are, uh, are unmanageable when taken together if we're thoughtful about it. TV. Your city. Your.